George, how's your Wi-Fi? Uh, we'll see if it holds out. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Bane of my existence is George's Tesco Wi-Fi. Hey, hey, right. it's three, actually. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I am single. I did get drunk. I did buy Tinder Prime, and I fully regretted it. But, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Little Nessie drove my nana to drink. Yeah, he sells Hot Wheels out of his jacket. <laughs> I'd like to think that he knew that John Terry was a huge Saturdays fan. And that Campbell oh, Soup is a, is, a, is a big deal. LA is Jay from In Between Us. Luigi, don't quit your day job, mate. Who do you think is more handsome? Shall we answer? Fair enough. If you say it, say it with chest. <laughs> Sorry, you just have to what guess. Do, do you want to go to the toilet? You ever seen a baby pigeon? Uh, he's, he was good mates with Pablo Escobar, from what oh. I read. <laughs> Mara who? Sorry? You're a pair of twats, you know that. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Nostalgia FC Podcasts with your host, me, Drew. And me, George. This is the podcast where we get a special guest to come on and join us and talk about all their favourite football players, football teams, and all that jazz from the good old nostalgic days of football. That's the title. It's pretty, pretty self-explanatory. And today, we have a huge guest, host of Football Kit Memories podcast, Craig McFarlane. Craig, welcome to the podcast. Hello, chaps. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. Yeah, no worries. Absolutely honoured to have you on the podcast. I'm a big fan of your content. And I, I, say, and I, feel, I sound like a broken record now because we keep getting people that I'm a fan of. So it just sounds like I'm a massive greaseball every week going, oh, I really like your stuff. But genuinely, this is a fantastic podcast. And if you like this stuff, you're going to love Football Kit Memories. So before we go any further, Craig, talk us through what is Football Kit Memories podcast? Sure. Um, well, look, thank you very much for your kind words, first of all. That's very nice to hear. Thanks, mate. Um, so, yeah, Football Kit Memories, uh, it's the football podcast that gets under the shirt. So um, each episode usually has one guest. It's somebody from the world of football. So it might be content creators like yourself. Sometimes it's broadcasters, journalists, have had the odd ex-few, you know, ex-players kind of thing as well. Uh, it's people with an interesting story to tell in football. So the way it works is I talk to them a bit about their career up front, and then the second half they pick three football shirts that mean something to them. It's that simple. Oh, cool. And it's really good. And some of the guests you've had on are incredible. We were just chatting before we started recording. Um, I've recently just listened to the Pat Nevin doubleheader, and it was it was great listening. And if you're a fan of him or football shirts or football in general, give that a listen because it's great. Two-parter, <laughs> fantastic. You. Thank you. Right, getting carried away. So, before we dive into your team, let's find out about but your your football pedigree. Who do you support, Craig? Uh, so, my club team is Celtic, and uh, my national team is Scotland. Nice, but yeah, I mean, McFarlane, that that's that will give you a bit of a clue, right? So, uh, my father's side is Scottish, my mother's side are Irish. So, uh, there was no way I was going to be an England fan, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> you come to the right place. <laughs> very good, space like for non England fans. <laughs> right, yeah, let's jump in. So, what formation are we? Uh, is this team playing in? All right, chaps. So, look, I I like the old Dutch formation, and this is the formation I go for in Football Manager. So, we've gone four three three, but I proceeded to pick no Dutch players. I don't believe, but uh, that's the one ah. I pick on FM. It's the one I understand. To be honest, I'm not necessarily a tactical genius. It's the one I kind of get. So, that's what we've gone with. Respect for that. Right. What are the three doing in midfield? Um, playing football, mate. I don't know. <laughs> <What> do, you <laughs> mean, do, you do you want me to get proper tactical on this? Uh, no, just like are they, are they yeah. playing like a flat three, three centre mids, or a, a defensive mid, attacking mid? Oh, good heavens! Um, I've picked. Do you know what? I've picked. I've picked three players that I think could work. So, I mean, look, I can when we get there, I can kind of talk to you about their roles if you want, or I can kind of. <laughs> 
Know, yeah, good, let's, good. let's wait. Let's wait until we get there. Then let's wait until we get there. Let's go into that much detail. Christ, I'm not Jose <laughs> At least we know they're playing football. That's a good start. No cricket exactly. playing. Exactly. <laughs> I think I think we've uh, we've sort of got down to the thing that Craig is not going to be the manager of this team. Then, you pretty much, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, Craig, who you got in goal? All right, we've got the big man. He's still playing now. It's Mr. Gigi Buffon. Nice. Yes. I mean, we've we've spoken about Buffon in, in length on this podcast before, just because, as nostalgia keepers go, there's not many be- better or bigger than Gigi. But Absolutely. talk us through, why have you put him in your team? I mean, for me, like, you know, I'm, I'm 36, right? So he's been playing football for as long as I can remember. Um, and I think, you know, a, a thread of this team that you'll probably see is that given that I'm a Scotland fan and you might kind of understand my pain here, you've always got to have a second team in a national tournament because yeah. we you know, didn't qualify for years and, of course, didn't qualify for the last World Cup, just gone. But my second team was always Italy. Um, always liked Italy, always liked Italian football. Again, like, you know, so many people tell you football Italia and stuff like that. And there's a bit of that through here as well. But for me, like... I think he's brilliant, you know, and like the short sleeves thing was like really iconic as well, like lots of great shirts. And the fact that he's gone back to play for Palmer, his first club, all that stuff is just really magical, right? So yeah. go get Gigi behind the sticks for me. You, you make oh, a man. really good point with the short sleeves thing there because both him and Casillas did it and they, at mm. their peak, were the two top keepers really. Mm. And they both had short sleeves and it was just iconic looks. I think um, the only player I can think that does it now is uh, Ramsdale. Does he really? Okay. So Craig Gordon does it, I believe, in homage to him as well. And like, interestingly, uh, my first away game with Scotland was at the San Siro in 2005. And my dad and I were stood behind the goal. Uh, And so we got both halves. um, And it was year, I mean, it was, I think it was like Craig Gordon's third cap or something. So the first half we got Buffon. And the second half, I think it was Rab Douglas that got injured. And Craig Gordon came on for like his third cap or something like that. And he was there in his short sleeves as well. So it's just a nice kind of nice thing. You know, <laughs> the two aren't the same. Yeah, the two aren't done. equal, of course. Maybe <laughs> I've got Craig Gordon on the bench perhaps. But uh, yeah, just a nice thing really. And yeah, he's he's my man. He's an unbelievable goalkeeper. Unbelievable. Even now, uh, he's mm. just, he's still got it. He's, he's got that command. I think he's got that respect, which almost puts players off, I think. Because you see yeah. him there and you're like, how is he still here? <laughs> I thought you were saying years ago, you're still here? Yeah, unbelievable do, do playing. He's actually like, playing. I don't know if you boys follow City B, because I don't, right? Uh, I don't know if he's actually any good for Palmer at the moment. Like It could be like one of those like Stanley Matthews things. My dad always says, like, nobody touch Matthews and just let him have the ball out on the wing in his 50s or however old he was when he stopped playing. It could well, be one of those scenarios. What's really funny about a keeper as well, that if you, if you search the stats of like a striker when they've gone to... Mm. a lower league side you can sort of tell relatively if they're doing well or not if they're scoring goals or assisting with a keeper just because you've got a clean sheet doesn't necessarily mean it's down to you so it's like you could you could have conceded three goals but still had an incredible game because you should have conceded 10 you just you can't tell from stats so unless you watch the actual game you don't really know i think they recently played inter or ac one of the milan teams in the cup and I think it was just, I think, I think it was Inter. I think they won 2-1 very narrowly. And apparently Gigi in that oh, game right. was playing really well. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So he's still got it. Still kicking. Still got it. Iconic. Right. Well, we love Gigi. Fantastic choice. Yeah. Shirt sleeve king. 
Let's move forward into your defense. You can choose which side you start on, or middle, if you're a lunatic, but you go for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, I'm going to go left back. Um, my left back is Kieran Tierney, um, a man right. who also does something interesting with his shirt. I think he always plays with it tucked in, uh, Kieran Tierney. It's a thing he does. Um, so, look, I'm a Celtic fan, right, of course, and you love anyone that kind of comes through at your club and... I think I'm a realistic Celtic fan where I kind of understand that this is our place in football and if you're going to get a bit of 25 million, I think it was, then this player's going to go, right, and go and play in a better league and, you know, I love him for it. Um, I think he's had a weird, he's had a bit of a weird career I think, like, Arsenal obviously bought Zinchenko and Zinchenko's playing out of his skin at the moment and he's playing better than Tierney, right? But Arsenal changed formation, so he was playing as, like, left-sided centre-back and he was doing that for Scotland as well, which I'll come back to in a minute, but the formation change at Arsenal has meant that he's kind of on the bench and that's a real bit of a shame for me. Like I'd rather see him playing. So I think he deserves to be playing like sort of top level football somewhere. So yeah, I'd hope, I mean like we're recording now on the 31st of Jan. So the window is about to slam shut as they say on Sky Sports, but you'd hope in the summer he'd, he'd get a move. But I think for Scotland, I think he's been, I mean, like we're really blessed with fullbacks. It's a bit of a weird one, but like yes. even like young ones coming through, it's nuts, but the, You've got Robertson who plays for Liverpool and wins leagues and Champions Leagues and has kept Tierney out a lot of the time. Tierney had to play on the right for a long time and then we've moved to this like three-five-two where he's played at centre-back a lot for Scotland. But I personally think he's a better player than Robertson and Robertson was given the captaincy. For me, I think like Tierney's a bit more versatile and a better player. So I think he's been a bit unlucky there and I just hope he gets the move in the summer. That'd be my take. Yeah, on it. yeah, no, I fully it agree. Be... The, fact, the fact that he's behind Zinchenko, who at the moment is possibly the best left back in the Premier League, like you say, mm-hmm. and Robertson, who has really proven himself, is just you can't get more unlucky than that. Really, yeah. you made a very good point as well. There seems to be an influx of amazing fullbacks breaking through in in all of the British British teams. Honestly, like Wales have got some great fullbacks coming through, and Nico Williams, really? Connor Roberts, mm. and then England have obviously got. 18,000 right-backs they can choose from. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's just unfortunate with international football, because you are restricted, it's not like league where you can rotate as much. With such limited amount of games you play for mm-hmm. the international side, you have to put the biggest players in from the start, realistically. And that does mean come at the expense of young breakthrough talent, for the most part. Because yeah, right. international managers don't have much time to prove themselves. So they have They have to put the best team out first, don't they? They can't. Well, I mean, they can tinker and trial, but they very rarely do because of the implication of well, if you don't get to this World Cup, you're not going. You're not going to try and get to that next Euros because you'll be fired. It's a difficult, one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But great player, and a, a player again that sort of um, injuries have sort of hampered him and his mm. development. I think he's he's been injured quite a lot at Arsenal. I don't know if he was the same at Celtic, but obviously he was tipped for the big time when he came over, and, and I think he still got it in him absolutely, but. Yeah, I think the injuries have played a massive part in in sort of stopping his progression and, and solidifying himself at that left-back spot, which made Arsenal go out and get Zinchenko. But realistically, Zinchenko, when he's playing at City and Ukraine, you could buck him in midfield and put Tierney back mm-hmm. in at left-back. But it's just, mm-hmm. like you said, because he's playing so well at the moment, it's hard to take him out of that team and change the system for one player. Yeah. The thing is, as well, with Tierney, he's not old. He's he's. I've just searched it there. He's 25 years old. Like He still has time. He still has a career ahead of him. But like you say, Craig, I think he does need that move away to sort of mm-hmm. uh, kickstart his career again. Yeah, so there's been does. interest so as well, hasn't there? Like, there's been a lot of interest. So, you know, you'd hope he gets that move 
you'd hope they don't yeah. stand in his way. But we'll see what happens. You know, might be worth well, staying. I mean, in the league. yeah, I was going to say if he if he leaves the Premier League winner, I think he'll be all right with that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So where are we going to go next? Are we going to go to the other fullback, or are we going to go through the middle? Do you know what? Let's um, let's go through the middle. I've got two Italian centre backs for you. So the first one is Giorgio Chiellini. Is the first one for me. Um, you know, I mentioned up front, like, but you know, with Buffon about that, um, that I do like Italy. I speak a bit of Italian. My ex is Italian, so I spent a lot of time over there. Um, but before that, I always loved that national team as well. Like that 2006 World Cup, I just loved it, and I love seeing them win it, and just love like there's that Italian thing, isn't it? I think when they won it in '82, there'd been a scandal betting scandal in Italy, the Toto Nero scandal. So like a lot of players were kind of throwing games and stuff like that. They came through and they won it, right? The uh, same thing happened in 2006. I think the Juve stuff was going on, wasn't it, when they got relegated to Serie B and they went and won the World Cup. It's just like this kind of weird pattern of Italian football being like absolutely crazy. Um, but I just love loved him. But I just love how like love how tough he is and love the way that he can pass the ball as well, doesn't mess about. And again, like another one that I love is just like, he must love the game so much because of the longevity. Do you know what I mean? Like he stayed at Juventus yeah. all those years. Now he's out there at, um, he's at LAFC, isn't he? Where Bale was, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, he won the, the last cup winner. Yeah, he still won, yeah, he won that as well, which is just nuts, isn't it? He still has that drive to win. Obviously he's getting paid well for it out there, I'm sure, but yeah, just just love him. Just love him. Such a like a stalwart in the Champions League as well, wasn't it? Yeah. What I really like about his move to LA, so quite often when players go to the MLS, they're going out to live that lavish lifestyle and like that sort of fits the profile of the player. So like Beckham, you know, he was the showcase mm. one, you know, he's he's all flash going out there. And like you've got like Jermaine Defoe, wants to be flash, goes out there. And all these kind of players, and then you've got Giorgio Chiellini, who doesn't strike me as a very flash man. Do you know what I mean? And then he—I can't imagine him walking down like the main street in LA, just down like with all the um, the stars on the floor. I can't imagine Giorgio Chiellini just walking along like shoulder to shoulder with celebrities. It just yeah. The images just don't match in my head. <laughs> yeah. The the good thing as well about this as well, you said um, your heritage is Scottish Irish. You're a big fan of Italy. You've picked someone who. Every Englishman, I think, after the Euros, absolutely despises, which is <laughs> hilarious for what he did to Saka in the final. Um, yeah, I think I think people have people have gone to prison for assault for less than what he did. <laughs> That's classic kind of shithousery, isn't it? Classic kind of Italian defending, which I really like as well. There's a yeah. spoiler alert. There's a few Argentines in this team as well. A uh, couple of lads who like to do the same thing. So uh, yeah, there's nice. there, I suppose. That we love that great choice. All right, as well, you said you had two Italian centre backs. So who is the second one? We can have a good guess before you say it, but who is it going to be? Go on, you have a guess if you want. Is it well? Now I've said that, and you're you're challenging me. I think I'm wrong. Maldini, correct. Yeah, Ah, there you go. Italian. So Maldini, that that Milan team of the 2000s in the Champions League, I just loved it, and it was like a Frankenstein, wasn't it? Like there were there were. There's like a real good core of players, but they were all so old. But they still kind of battling through, getting to Champions League finals, like getting far on a tournament every year. I just loved it. Um, and I just loved him, you know, like somebody that has that link to like the the 90s, like you kind of remember as well, Football Italia, but kind of was still going around that period. Um, and obviously, like anyone that comes from like a footballing family like that as well, so his father played Cesare and his son is playing, I think he's on loan somewhere, isn't he at Monza? Might have that wrong, yes. but... 
Is it Monza yeah, yeah, from, on loan from Milan, yeah. Daniel? Um, I just think that's special, isn't it? That's history. Like I love all that stuff. So yeah, he, he'd be my man. I think he'd potentially be captain. I don't know. Tough one, isn't it? Tough one. It's cool to have him. I'd I'd hate to play in a team with Maldini and he wasn't the captain. Mm, mm. Do you know what I mean? I would like if you're playing in a team, you'd have to be looking at him like uh, the captain's telling me what to do. But Paolo, what do you? <laughs> <laughs> He's just so commanding and so smooth, and like his, his partnership with Nesta towards the end of his career was just unrivaled. That like, those two, yeah. the smoothest centre backs, but also the hardest centre backs, and just. Mm. Like to be fair, the, the juxtaposition between Maldini and Chiellini is quite quite large actually in terms of the yeah. two different kinds of Italian centre back you can get. Yeah, like yeah. With the Cannavaro or the Maldini versus the Chiellini, and the, the you know it's it is a like shows you the diversity of Italian football and how it's not all one dimensional players. There are like a wide spectrum of different kinds of players you can you can find in each country. But yeah, mm. what a partnership! And, and the, yeah. uh, well, they might they might have played together. I imagine they probably Ooh. did. I'd maybe to, my, I don't know. Maybe not. Probably in some Italian side at some point, surely. Uh, I, did Baldini retire from internationals before 2006? He wasn't in that squad, was he? Uh, we'll need to look that up. Yeah, should know that. Um, yeah, so I don't, should we, know. don't worry. <laughs> but they're both they're both left footers as well. I'm just thinking as well. So that probably wouldn't work tactically. I, I didn't realise I had to think about this tactically as well. So. There you <laughs> oh go. no! Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he'd be my man. He'd be my man. Great choice, great choice. I mean, yeah, there's nothing else to say about Paolo. He's, he's unbelievable. The the best Italian centre-back of all time, in my opinion. I'm probably, actually, I'm going to go on record and say the best centre-back of all time, in my opinion. Oof, oof. Bold take, but I'm going there. Mm. Uh, just just quickly, I just searched in, uh, in Google to see, see if I could find it. Chiellini, Maldini. It's shown nothing to do with them playing together in Italy, but... There is a numerous amount of videos and photos from different games of them in fights with each other. <laughs> okay, <bro. laughs> so if you just, I don't know if you can do that. Uh, wonderful, yeah, brilliant, okay. nice. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, <laughs> they can get on. It's fine. Right, while they're while they're scrapping in the middle with each other, <laughs> who've you got playing right back? Uh, all right, this is this is rogue. This is this is rogue, um, and it's because I love him, right? So, <laughs> right back, I've chosen, and we're, I'm aware there's a slight dip in quality right now. Uh, I've chosen Christian Daly at right back, which isn't necessarily his most. Uh, I can see you laughing. He, it, it's not necessarily his like. He played right back a few times. He's more of a kind of a holding midfielder or a centre back for Scotland, certainly. And Rangers, I remember when he was back up there. He, for me, like, I just, uh, I, he epitomised the, the period of Scotland that where we were just the most terrible was that kind of Bertie Voggs era, George Burley era, the 2000s was hell. And actually, I was going to a lot of games in those days as well. And for me, I mean, like, you look at his career, I, th- I think he might still be our record under 21 um, player as well in terms of caps. I believe, so he was at Dundee United, I believe he turned down the chance to sign for Juventus on a free to go to Derby County in order that Dundee United got a fee for it. He, oh, like, 
Yeah, like, and, you wow. know, he had a decent career in the Premier League. Like I say, he's a utility player. Like, he ended up at West Ham not really playing, did he? And then he went to Rangers and had a bit of a renaissance. But he turned up all the time for Scotland. He didn't always play. Like, you know, utility man would come in at different positions where we needed him. I saw he's great. And then, of course, there's the famous kind of, uh, I don't know if you boys know about the We had a qualifier against Germany while Bertie Voggs was the manager. And Bertie Voggs is doing the, the post-match in the tunnel. And Christian Daly walks by and goes, fucking cheats, because they die for some free kick or penalty. I can't remember. And he's there on air. And Bertie Voggs is saying, Christian, Christian, calm down, calm down. It's quite good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, for me, he's an iconic Scotland player. And I just wanted to get him in there, really. So I've squeezed him in at right back. Nice. Respect for that. Big respect. Now, it's a question. I don't know if you know the answer to this question. Does he have Italian heritage? Christian Daly. His middle name is Edward. Spell E D U R A D, and then his sister's name is Steffi. Steph- sorry, Stefani. S T E F I N I. I can't spell. I think, I think the Italian would be Eduardo. So maybe Eduardo is French. Well, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. French. I've never, I've never, never read that at all. Um, Power of Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I've, I've never seen that. sponsored. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I'd know that about Christian Daly. I feel like I know a fair amount about him. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting... I think we'll just have a quick brief thing there. Let's just have a look. How do you know yeah, um, Steffi? Because uh, if you ever want to find something mad about a player, <laughs> go on their Wikipedia page, you go down to personal life, and it'll tell you random facts you never needed to know. And this one, his sister Stefani is a uh, broadcaster. Okay, right. So she's in the public eye as well. So there's a, a yeah. public interest to know who she is. Right. Interesting. Well, I, do you know, I never knew that. There you go. That might link to the uh, potential uh, move to Juve if he had Italian heritage, but that is a pure so, yeah. guess. Yeah, potential. Pure hearsay. I, I love that, though. Turning down the move to Juve just so that Dundee could get. I love that. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's I mean. Class. Yeah, he's a good guy. I like him. I just, he always gave his all for Scotland. So that's that a big thing for me. So yeah, he, he's my, he's my man at right back. Really, yeah. really rounded off that enough. back five. Fantastic. Yeah, two Italian centre backs and two Scottish fullbacks. Two Scottish fullbacks. Yeah, I like it. it. Sounds like a good balance to me. Yeah. Right. Is the centre of your team going to continue Italian where we move into the midfield, or are we going somewhere else? All right. Well, what we'll do is then I I will. <laughs> I can I can look at this from a tactical perspective if you want me to. It does kind of work, right? So what I'll say to you is is that my man who's creating everything in the middle of the park is Roman Raquel May, right? Juan Ronald Raquel May. Um Ooh. I so like I guess like if I was to pick another kind of national team that I follow and I'm quite fond of, it's probably Argentina and Argentinian football. Um and he just like I just love what he's about. Like, I love his, he's such a throwback, right? And all that stuff that you read, you know, people that know a lot more about tactics than me. You have to build your, build your team around him. And he's this brilliant, but only if you play a certain way, he got that move to Barcelona, didn't work out. It was decent at Villarreal, but always wanted to go back to Boca. I think he fell out of Boca one season and then went some, I think he might have been Argentinos. Can't remember. Yeah, it was. That's where he finished then, his career, yeah. Yeah, there was some kind of falling out, but he's back there now. I think he's in charge of the youth team or he's some kind of director of football there or something at the moment. Vice president. Vice president. Oh, good knowledge. I think, like, there's an interesting thing as well. I think he started off at Argentinos Juniors before he went to um, went to Boca, which is the same as Maradona. 
which is a nice kind of like Boca number 10 thing there, nice kind of link as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's just like, you know, his quality. And like, I, I don't know about you boys, I did a few years back, I went to Argentina and just, I was like a kid, like I went to the Bombonera tour, I went to the River Plate tour. I just like, it was nuts. It just so, so cool to go there and see it, like, especially the Bombonera, Jesus, like, just never ever thought when I was a kid, like watching it on Transworld Sport. Do you know what I mean? Like finding out about yeah, all these yeah. weird teams. Stood there, like wow. Highlights. Yeah, like just that I'd be there. You know, like it's 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 nuts. So yeah, for me, like Boca Juniors and Argentina, I've got a real soft spot for their football. Um, so he's my man. They're kind of creating stuff. Amazing pick. Remember Raquel, mate. I don't know why out of any of the teams he's played for, just in the Villarreal kit. That's mm. the that's the vision I have. Is just him in that full yellow kit. Um, yeah, I used to love Rigalme. 2006 World Cup was the one. That was when he was like, I think most most in the public eye was that 2006 World Cup where yeah. he was playing for Argentina and the goal predators. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he uh, he's he's one of those players which is a rarity where, despite the fact that he played the majority of his career outside of Europe, he's regarded as such a like a huge talent within Europe. Like mm-hmm. he obviously he made most of his appearances for, for Boca, like you said. But obviously, mm. playing for for Barcelona and Villarreal is going to put you in the spotlight. But yeah, for someone who played most of his career in a country which isn't that well covered in Europe, it is incredible to have see the reputation that he carries as this creative mastermind midfielder, Argentine number ten. Just yeah, I think Great yeah, the, the the flawed genius kind of effect, which I quite like. Uh, and there's someone else's that I'll come to in a bit that's kind of similar as well. So maybe there's a bit of a theme there, but like just, yeah, just brilliant, you know? I love that pick. I mean, yeah. What a player. What a player. Yeah. What right. an incredible player. Well, if he's if he's creating all the goals, what are the other two doing? Or what, what's the next one doing, I should say? <clears throat> all right, then. So the next one, tactically. Uh, so another Scottish player that's kind of having a bit of a tough time at the moment is Billy Gilmore. So I honestly, for me, I think he's the best Scottish player we've had in the last sort of ten years that's come through. Um, I think he's fantastic, and he's he's just brilliant for us. Like he just he's so aware on the ball. I mean, like we've played him as the kind of the deep lying midfielder in games, and he's run the show. Just to kind of watch his when you go to the games and you see his vision, and you see him at like nineteen years old, kind of directing play, telling other players what to do. You can just see this lad has got such talent and he's such class. I think like. You know, he can run a bit. He's he's a bit small, a bit frail. So I, it looks like, you know, he's, well, he must be 21 now, 22. It doesn't look like, unless he's going to really bulk up in the gym, he's, he's not going to get much bigger. But for me, I just think he's absolute class. And it's such a shame the way his career's kind of panned out. You know, he's still young. He's got plenty of time. But that move to Brighton really hasn't worked out. Um, I was kind of sort of hoping that Castiedo might have gone today somewhere, so he might have got more minutes. But mm. uh, we'll see how it pans out. You know, I think he's good enough to to go somewhere and play. He just has to pick the right team, I think. I remember when Absolutely. he broke into the Chelsea uh, squad a few times mm. and people were really touting about him and then you watched his game and he was just... And you thought, and the same with you, it's like he's he's young, he's small, but... He's got he's got that absolutely natural footballing ability, but um, yeah. I haven't really seen much of him since. Uh, I don't think he's played much for Brighton, has he? Uh, he's he, De isn't. I don't think. Well, De such a particular manager with the players he picks. You can see the way that he got Trossard out of the club so quickly. Yeah. If you're not in his plans, he's just not going to play. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll see how he goes. I mean, he was unlucky the previous loan spell at Norwich as well. Like it didn't quite work out. They weren't playing the right football, perhaps, and no. fans got on his back. But I, I just think his quality. So and that will shine got- through. He'll go somewhere. He might go abroad. You know, and maybe that'd be better for yeah. him. I was going to say he probably needs that. Um, not like a father figure, but you know, you always like link someone in training with a younger player. Mm. Be like, just just train him up a bit. Just sort of give him like he probably needs that. You think Just Adam Milano would be good for that? That would be a perfect little combination in terms mm. of, of playstyle. I think I I was reading an article about um, Billy, Gilmore, Billy Gilmore when he first broke through, and people were drawing comparisons with Jack Wilshire with his with his emergence and his confidence on the ball. Yeah, and then yeah. I was like, oh well, I hope he's got the legs that work better than Jack Wilshire. But I think yeah. it's yeah, it's that especially for like a team like Scotland as well. And this is mm. it's the same for Wales. We very rarely get that like creative spark player. Mm. I don't know if it's completely the same for Scotland, but Wales have struggled for years. And like, apart from Ron Ramsey, you take him out of the team now, which, which he might as well do. Cause he's anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's, no, let's not let's move on from that. Uh, but yeah, I think it is quite a rarity to find it. I don't know why, but it is, you don't really see many creative players in, in Scotland, Wales, Ireland, England, obviously had a plethora, but it's interesting yeah. to see how those players are then treated at club level when they're not, like robust big centre mids, which seems mm. to be the, the growing trend for centre mids now. I think, to be fair to him, he can put it about a bit. For a small guy, he's not scared of getting involved in a tackle mm. and winning the ball. And he does run a bit as well. But yeah, he's not going to, like you say, he's not going to impose himself physically on a game. He's got to use his vision and his passing to do yeah. that. But um, I've got another midfielder that should take care of business for us, to be honest. So, yeah. Before we move on to that one, just the last thing on Billy Gilmore. You could not write how his transfer played out where Graham Potter <laughs> cited him as a player that he would sign, signed him, and then a week later was like, right, lads, nice one, cheers, see you later, I'm going to go to Chelsea, and literally goes the opposite direction. Because I thought, oh, amazing, he's on loan, but he was never on loan, it was a permanent deal. I was absolutely good for the lad, I was like, oh. Because under Graham Potter, the way that Brighton were playing, he would have been perfect yeah. in that team. Yeah, it's And a then tough... De coming in slightly changed it, and you know now you can't get near that Brighton team, they're just too good. Do you know my dream is like so he I think he went to Brighton for sixteen million, right? Which is I thought it was quite cheap for him considering the amount yeah. of money that like, you know, British players go for in the Premier League. My dream is is like I'd love him to come to Celtic. I just like if we could get him for like ten maybe, like we could afford maybe ten on a player, like we get him on loan for the first year with an option to buy would be amazing. But I believe I've read different things, but I believe his family like big Rangers fans, but he necessarily isn't a massive Rangers fan. So he started out at Rangers, but I, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. You know, it'd be absolutely perfect for us. Like Callum McGregor, yeah, be incredible. Just walk straight into his shoes. It'd be like fantastic. But the we'll only see. problem you've got with that is whilst you've got uh, Ante in charge, uh, if he's not Japanese, you're not signing it. <laughs> and yeah, big hands. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, and we've got, you know, we've got a really strong midfield. I think we're trying to get rid of, two or three midfielders uh, this evening before the end of the transfer window as well. So it would be tough, but you've got to think about the future as well. I think Callum McGregor's like 30 now. So, you know, we, we didn't replace Scott Brown really for a long time. So, oh, no. yeah, and he'd be an upgrade. You know, let's be honest, we're not going to keep those players for a long time. So you've got to think about how you change the squad. But anyway, I'm playing football manager now. I'm not really talking real life, am I? <laughs> so- <laughs> You're in the right place to do that. Don't worry. <laughs> Right, so you said you said Billy Gilmore's got some backup in terms of the mm. physicality department. Okay. Who have we got? So this is a man that's not necessarily so big, but he can put it about a bit. It's Gennaro Ivan Gattuso. So 
a good player, an underrated player, a player that I loved in that Milan team again, that that kind of early two thousands Milan team. Like just you had him, you had him, you had Pirlo, you had Ambrosini sometimes as well. You also had Kaká in that team. They played that diamond, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, yeah, that's that narrow diamond. Seidorf was still kicking about as well in that team as well. So you've got these incredible players, but he's just like a constant, wasn't he? He's just there. Just just absolutely brilliant. And like obviously he moved to Rangers when he was nineteen. He was there. I think he's got a Scottish wife as well. Um I just always really liked him, had a soft spot for him. So um yeah, he's my man really. We love Janaga too so on yeah. this podcast. Mm. We once walked out of our own podcast because one of our guests, uh, occasional co-host, decided to tell us that Gennaro Gattuso was overrated. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you'll never decision. hear from him again. He's kicked him forever. <laughs> <laughs> we don't tolerate such slander on this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm really enjoying his transition from bullish, aggressive, physical midfielder into... Bullish, aggressive, physical manager. Because it's great. <laughs> Did he not get sacked today by Valencia? I think he might have done. I think he got sacked today. Yeah. Um, He's, he that yeah. like. Yeah, I imagine you have to have... You walk into the room and like, why is there seven security guards in here? Oh, no reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be a that'd be a wait till he leaves, change the locks, phone him kind of job. Oh, I think absolutely. I don't think you'd do it face to face. Absolutely, I mean, like the Joe Jordan thing as well. The Champions League was so good, wasn't it? I don't know if he knew who Joe Jordan was, but I mean, bloody hell, that'd have been a match up, wouldn't it? That'd have been good. <laughs> yeah, he's just a pit bull. He's just the pit bull. He's just fantastic. Him and De Rossi, the, the, the base of that oh, Italian midfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine being? Like, for example, like a Billy Gilmore type trying to come up against those two. I'd be like, oh, you know what? I don't fancy it today. You just pretend your hamstring's gone or something. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. Well, yeah, he's my guy. Well, great choice. Hey, that midfield is absolutely lovely. Bit of youth, plenty of experience, and two icons in there. And one potential future icon. Don't rule it out. Mm. Strange things have happened. Listen, he'll be an icon for Scotland, whatever happens, I think, because he'll always play. So, yeah, I'm, I'm confident for him. Love that, love that. He's like he's like our Ethan Ampadu, yeah. Okay, Wales, where he's got a stupid amount of caps now. He plays for Spe- He's on loan at Spezia in Syria. Yeah, he's been about he's been on loan like about six times from Chelsea now. I don't think he'll ever make a first team appearance. Well, he has made, but I don't think he'll ever make a lasting impact on a Chelsea squad. But for Wales, he'll always be a legend because he's always going to show up and he's always going to play, no matter who he's playing for at club level. And I think that that is like a the sort of level that Billy Gilmore will be at, in my opinion. And is he good for you guys, Ampadu? Does he play well? Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. okay. He's, he's 20, oh, how was he, 21? Or maybe 22. And he's got 43 caps already. Wow. Wow. So he, he, unless something happens to him, he will, in my opinion, be the record cap holder because he's just, he's stupidly, um, this is probably to his detriment at club level, actually. He's very flexible in where he can play. Yeah, he plays the holding midfield or he plays the centre back, but he doesn't really specialise in either. Sure. So you sort of sort of (laughs) (laughs) much the same. Yeah. (laughs) Right, we digress into uh, into into (laughs) Ethan territory, so we'll we'll come back into the FOD and we'll move into your front line. So you've got a front three. All right. Okay. Where you starting? Right, I'm gonna go through the middle first, okay? So this is 
this was a really easy one for me. And obviously, like you do these things based on your experience of football, who you remember, and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but for me, this guy, Henrik Larsson, just a Celtic, just the the confidence you always had in him. He was like one on one with the keeper, like he's going to score. He was so so good, like so so brilliant. And I just think like he gave it. He gave us too many years. He could have gone. Like I know he went on. Did he not win a Premier League with Man United as well as well as the Champions League with Barcelona. So he went on loan to United. I don't know if they won it that year. Um, I can't remember. Was it in January? Did he go on loan in January? Yeah, 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 yeah. it was only half just for the second half of the season, wasn't it? Because he went back that, to you Sweden. That, that centenary kit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. but I'll have to again. I have to look that one up. Should have done that before. But just, I mean, when he got the Champions League with Barcelona, it just you know, you felt so happy for him because we were, you know. Well, his arguments to say either way, but like I feel we were robbed out there at UEFA Cup in 2003. Like the, that Porto team Mourinho had just dived all through the game. It was really, really bad. And I think he, I, I need to get this right, but I think he equalised twice in that game and we still lost. He just felt like this is as far as his team can go. He'd taken us that far, you know, not on his own, but practically on his own. And you just think, oh, what a shame for him. And every time he talks about it, you know, he says, oh, you know, that still hurts. That's my one regret in my career and stuff like that. And like, you know what, like his regret should be, he should have left us after two seasons and gone to United then and won all those Premier Leagues, Champions Leagues. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. It, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's a, it's a telling to the player and the commitment and loyalty he showed to Celtic that, and the amount of goals he scored. Five times he won the Golden Boot, which is incredible mm. stats for that. And then to leave, and he did, I've just had a look now, he did win the, the Premier League with United, got a winner's yeah. medal. But he left, Champions League. he left before they they finished the season. Did so he wasn't he wasn't there for like the yeah, trophy ceremony or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, he did, it wasn't it the Swedish transfer window or something like that. So I think he was back at Helsingborgs and came yeah. came back Jan to March or something. A bit like Beckham. yeah, he he was yeah. only supposed to be there for a month. He extended it and then but then extended it until March. So yeah, he's yeah. got a Premier League medal, but he wasn't there, which is quite cool. Uh, I love that that whole arc of of commitment to the club, do, doing bits and winning everything he could for Celtic. Obviously, he would have liked to win that European trophy, but to even get you in the in that situation, yeah. a lot of it was powered by his goals. That partnership with Hartson, oh, <laughs> yeah, just a great um, great little partnership, great team, and like that because I remember them beating Liverpool at Anfield. I remember watching yes. that game as a child. Yeah. Didn't enjoy it very much, to be honest with you. But it was, uh, <laughs> seems a slightly fun. You might have enjoyed it more than I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think Henrik Larson, and then there's nothing more iconic, and we love talking about this on our podcast. The iconic haircuts of players. Yeah. Mm. Henrik Larson with the dreads, with the long sleeve Celtic shirt, unrivaled. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Just, yeah. And like just a natural goal scorer, and I, I think the the price he paid for him was like. So minute for the the return you got, the investment. Seven hundred and fifty k, if I remember correctly, from final. It hadn't worked out for him at final or something. So, yeah, we we picked him up and he did the business. Obviously, it's like his his return is like for Celtic. If you just look at his return for Celtic, is like Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo return, sort of return. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's that is fair. And I don't I don't care what people say about like oh it was, it was the Scottish league or whatever. Like it's still a professional football league with decent players in that league. Like it's not an easy thing to do. I genuinely think if he's playing in the Premier League, he'd be he's so driven and was such a good technical player that could score all different kinds of goals. I think he'd have been up there in the top scorers every year. You know, he's up there with the mm. Shearers and everyone else. You know, in those years, just. He was so good, 
so so you could see it you could see it when he went to united at what he would have been like mid 30s at that point yeah he was old and he was like he was coming towards the end of his career and it was just sort of like a emergency loan deal right get someone in and you could still see his class then his legs had had gone at that age because as they naturally do for a striker yeah at that age they, they don't tend to have much left in the tank in terms of like big sprints but the the quality of the play you can't take that away you've still always yeah. got that and it's just you can see it shines through him and it's just an unbelievable unbelievable player and probably well yeah. the problem he's got is left hand but you, you could be up there he's in the conversation for best ever Swedish player interesting yeah good shout yeah 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 no I, I wouldn't argue with that would be could be Anders Svensson <laughs> yeah Anders Svensson just <laughs> I like Anders Svensson <laughs> random Okay, so we've got we we've got Henrik Larsson through the middle. Uh, the two the other two wingers is it sort of right wing? Uh, sort of. Again, again, I'll try and sandwich this in as tactically as I, as <laughs> I can. Really, is is possible for me in my footballing brain, which isn't that advanced. All right, I'll uh, save the best one till last. What I'll do is I go in with my favourite ever Scotland player. So it's not Christian Daly. This is James McFadden. So he's yeah. going to go in on the right. So he played. He was a bit of a weird player, really. He was kind of a tricky winger, but he had no pace. So when he was at Everton, for instance, and he was sort of trying to break through and never really got many games, to be honest, he was sort of played as a left winger. Um, but often for Scotland, what would happen is is that we, we'd we play him on the right and he'd kind of cut in. So there's a couple of goals, I think one against Lithuania, I seem to remember, where he came in and scored some really go- good goals off the right. So I'd put him there. I think if he'd have had pace, I think he'd have achieved a lot more. But you got to think, like, in that real dire time for Scotland, he was like, he was Mr. Scotland. You know, just one of those players, a bit like, well, Bale's not a fair comparison. But (laughs) he kind of saved his best form for his country. McFadden did the same thing. He did some amazing stuff for Scotland. Like, I was there in Paris that night. He scored the goal from the halfway line or there or thereabouts. You know, just... He, he was brilliant. And again, another one that just turned up, did his shift. You know, like in later years, he played up front on his own for Scotland, which, you know, if you've got Alex McLeish as your manager, that's a real, or uh, Walt Smith, I think as well at the time, like it had a big isolated real, figure. Oh gosh. And if you've got no pace, do you know what I mean? He wasn't necessarily the biggest guy either. So he just ran his socks off for Scotland and did score the odd goal, you know, and, and did all right for us. So um, yeah, he, he'd be my guy. Like he's my favorite ever Scotland player, I think. Nice. No, it's like that. Yeah, f- Fifteen goals in forty-eight appearances at international level is good by any standards. Honestly, I think that's a yeah. good return. Yeah, you, you'd want better though, wouldn't you? You're not going to qualify for tournaments. I, you know, you, you need more than that. I think I you mean, need it. Go on. You, I was going to say you say that, but uh, and this is coming from Wales fans, so we absolutely understand. So it's like it's you don't get many goals anyway in these nations. <laughs> mm-hmm. So to get fifteen anyway, it's 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 not yeah. it's not too bad. In quite a dry spell, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we sort of struggled for a, a top quality striker for a long time. Like I was really happy when we got Che Adams. He sort of decided to come and play for us. Oh, he turned us down before. I think he's a good player, but he's a he seems to be like a one in every three kind of striker. And you, you know your uh-huh. top strikers are one in every two, aren't they? And that's kind of yeah. what you need really. And he's he's there or thereabouts. He's the best we've got at the moment. But it'd be great if we had like a number nine that can properly bang him in. Do you know what I mean? That's exactly the point that Wales are at. Like we've we've settled on. Uh, a giant lug of a striker just because he's the best option we've got in Kiefer Moore. But, Kiefer Moore, I was going to yeah. say I like him though, he's yeah. decent. He is, he oh. is decent, he is decent. But I think he's like, won over all Welsh hearts as well. Yeah, 
that's the that's the best. It's the it's for one of a better way of saying it. It's the best of a bad bunch, isn't it? They're not yeah. bad, but it's the best of a the situation you find yourself in, where yeah. the emergence of young strikers just seems to slow down. Like again, England have got loads, so they should probably mm. spare some to us. I'm, I imagine they'll be on the phone now. <laughs> you got a Scottish grandmother, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, like, the latest one for us is uh, Angus Gunn. So we're struggling for a keeper. We've got no one coming through, and obviously Brian Gunn played. I think got three caps for Scotland and was famously Scottish because he's born in the Highlands. I think Angus Gunn was born in Inverness as well, but he decided to play for the England under twenty ones and looked like he was going to do something when he was at City. But um, don't think he played much at Southampton, and he's he's apparently doing well for Norwich. So. The rumour is that we're going to approach him again because Craig Gordon's broke his leg and he's, you know, 40 years old. So <laughs> we really need a, a decent keeper and he seems to be yeah. the solution. So we've got a real dearth of talent there at the moment. Nice. I, uh, well, I think it's telling now, isn't it, where most of the home nations find themselves in a position of, <laughs> please just find anybody that's from yeah. our nation that we can play, get to play for us. But you know what? Those are my. Sometimes they're my favorite players because if they're choosing to represent your country, they often put it in more because they're trying to prove themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. How do you always like, feel about that? How, do you feel if somebody had turned you down, you know, under twenty one level? How do you boys feel about them coming to play for your national side when they're twenty five? Absolutely and fine. Them, yeah, absolutely I fine. I think we'll, <laughs> we 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 take it as long as long as they actually want to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been through some dark times, and, and obviously you can attest to this as a Scotland fan. We've had a. The the 2000s was a rough period for any mm. British Isle that wasn't England, honestly. <laughs> but it's, um yeah, so to see us in a bit of a more positive light now and the fact that people want to come play for you is nice rather yeah. than just settling, which I imagine is, was the case sometimes. Like, oh, fine, I'm never getting an England cap. I'll yeah. just settle for this. Whereas now it's like, oh, yeah, I want to come play for you. Like Brennan, Brennan Johnson, for example, if you look at his form now, he could, like, conceivably play himself into an England call-up. I know he'd probably be far down the back in a little bit, but he's got the, that talent that he could, but he chose early on to play for Wales, which I think is great. Mm. Well, massively so now that we're, we're one Gareth Bale down, we need to find some yeah. spot from somewhere. But it's, yeah, um, yeah I think it, it, for me, it's it's a great thing, a great compliment to the system and the infrastructure of your national team. If players that could potentially play for bigger nations, for want of a better way of saying it again, bigger nations, want yeah. to come play for you. I think that's part of the culture that they build as a... Like the FAW do a great job. I think the Scottish FA have done a lot better at that in recent years. I think a long yeah. time it was like quite quite a dark and dreary place to play. And I think for both nations, really, mm. to get that sort of confidence in the system back up where players are willing to to try and come and play for you, like Che Adams, for example. I think that's, I think that's really good. I, I think it's a positive sign for both, both nations going forward. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Well put. On the other hand, do one England, right? So. <laughs> you had to bring it back to nostalgia levels. Oh uh, yeah, come on! I can't, you know, I can't be too articulate about it. <laughs> so uh, McFadden, um, I mean, I didn't like him when he played for Everton, honestly, but that's not exclusive to him. If you played right. for Everton, there's a slim chance I liked you. <laughs> Just, uh, I was a Liverpool fan as a child, so you know, I'm bred to hate Everton. I don't hate Everton now, but anyway, we'll Fair move enough. forward or move left, I should say to okay. your wing, other winger. So who we yeah. got there? So he's not really a winger, but he's got a left foot. It's Diego Armando Maradona. I guess like my favourite ever footballer, um, just really iconic, um, just hilarious as well. Do you know what? Recently I got his book again on eBay just because I fancied reading it again. Uh, 
and I'm halfway through it, and he, he, you know, just the way he talks about people, he either loves you or he hates you, and he, he's unintentionally hilarious as well, and didn't give a fuck. I'm a small guy, right? I'm five seven. I think he was a bit shorter. Just, just I love that about him. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, and as well, like the, the book is really well um, translated as well, so it kind of brings through a lot of. Um, it, it has this preface up front. I can't remember her name now. She used to be on Football Weekly, The Guardian, um, Brazilian lady, I think. Um, but she's translated it and she sort of prefaces the book with what I've tried to do is keep it in Diego's language as much as possible. So he uses <laughs> like these weird slangs, like he uses his slang uh, all the way through the book. It's like, I vaccinated him. I vaccinated Peter Shilton, which means I fucked him over, basically. And he, had to, <laughs> he has this other phrase where. Um, if somebody had been an idiot, he says he let the tortoise get away with him and all this kind of like weird kind of stuff. So it's just really good. And it's just like an insight into the man. I, I think it's published years and years ago, you know, like 10, 15 years ago, but he was just brilliant. And I think like you remember him, like I, I'm 36. So I kind of don't necessarily remember him too much at Italian 90, but I remember like him being thrown out of USA 94 and stuff at Boca again on Transworld Sport and things like that. I, ju- I just love the man. I think he's great and obviously heartbroken <laughs> when he died as well. So, yeah, I've got a picture of him in the hallway. He's, um, he's dressed as a kind of a Catholic Italian saint, Santo Diego. It's nice. <laughs> love <laughs> nice that. Work. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a good guy. So, yeah, he's my man. Nice. Incredible. Like, and, and the debate will, will go on forever now who is better, Messi or Maradona, but I think mm. just put them together. Let them Let them be together. They're just equally talented incredible football players like how rare is it to get one of those players for your country let alone two that fit the same sort of mold in terms of play style not in terms of personality of course Mm. very very different (laughs) very different personality yeah i think that's what i enjoy about the story about his his uh his like uh, phrases that he used you should mention there in my head all i can see is because of who he is he says those things and i guarantee they're not sayings in Argentina he just says them and they're like yeah we'll just let yeah yeah of course Diego yep you did you totally vaccinated him totally did they're, don't worry about that they're definitely sayings now aren't they <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I got sent a video um yesterday by my wife of all people she doesn't like football but she sent me something um so it was a video of Maradona on the bench okay I don't, I don't know where he was but he was managing uh-huh. and he went into his pocket and as soon as he went into his pocket, the, his staff all happened to stand up and do the exact same thing to cover the camera angles of where he was on the bench. And oh. it's like they, the, the whole thing was they clearly have rehearsed this. So whenever Diego wants to out of his pocket, they all like stand up and block the camera angle. <laughs> but they're all like stretching and pretending to do something. But they all did it like like a script, like, oh, quick. Yep. Uh, and we sit back down. <laughs> yeah. This is incredible. I mean, it's funny, but it's also like super sad, that stuff as well. Like, I think, you know, like, I think there's a bit, I haven't got to it yet, but I remember the first time I read it years ago, like there's a bit in the book where he sort of says, imagine how good I'd have been if I wasn't on drugs kind of thing. Just yeah. like, yeah. He's, I mean, the film, modern day sports science. Yeah. Well, like the film, the Azif Kapadia film was just unbelievable as well. I thought it just uh, so, so sad, like just so tragic, but just an amazing life. He's, in fact, he's looking at me right now. He's my phone background, funnily enough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit obsessed with him. I do like him. He's a player That's... like no other. You'd never, we'd never see him, the likes of him again. Mm. Partly because you can't. Any other player that did what he, what he was doing would be arrested very quickly nowadays. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's 
yeah, I think he's just a, an anomaly in every sense of the word. Like you'd never find a player like him again that could do what he did, had the same mm. cultural effect on a nation at that time where Argentina was very troubled at that time. Yeah, and like he transcended that and just sort of was a beacon of like hope and joy for the nation, which is incredible to do at any stage, let alone in that time where it was so troubled in Argentina. Absolutely. Yeah. Good player. Wow. Good player. So I can't imagine this team is ever going to need a super sub, but just in case, you know, just in case by some miracle, they're down one now. Who's coming on to save the day? Well, you mentioned him before, it's Lionel Messi, which is a bit weird. To <laughs> that'll do it, yeah. That'll, that'll do it. That'll save the day. Yeah. A bit weird to have him as a sub. Um, so the reason I've picked him, like, clearly I like Messi, um, you know, like incredible football and all that stuff. And I'm not like one of those, like, boring, like, Messi or Ronaldo debate people. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know enough about football to kind of tell you who's the better player. I actually quite like them both. I don't mind Ronaldo. I feel a bit sorry for him at the moment, to be honest, what's happened to him at United and the way that panned out. But it is what it is. The reason I picked Messi is, like, I love that last World Cup. Like, I was furious that Scotland didn't get there because we were in the playoffs. So I went to that Ukraine game and we were shit. And we didn't deserve to go through, which was really frustrating. Um, and you know, I, I guess like you guys weren't very good either. I guess that might have been a bit frustrating, but yeah, trust me, you did. You did World Cups are overrated, you don't want to go to them. <laughs> yeah, everyone's really good, the best and they just buy you, and it's horrible, <laughs> and I mean, everyone's watching. I'd like to take your word for it, but I'd like to see for myself, to be honest. Uh, so <laughs> maybe one day, maybe the next time round in America, but just I love, I mean, all the, the, the cultural and political shit aside, and the fact that it shouldn't have been there anyway. I actually really enjoyed it in the winter and some of the football was incredible and the story of Argentina was brilliant and the fact that he was able to go after all this time and redeem himself, you know, because he fell out, Argentinian fans didn't like him for a little while and he stopped playing for a bit, didn't he? Just redeem himself and to then have no question about his career now, like he's won everything and he's won a World Cup and, you know, you've, you've probably, I don't like saying it, but like you've probably got to say he's better than Maradona, I think, because... He, you know, he was more consistent, won so much more at club level, but now he's matched Maradona with a World Cup, you know. There's no yeah. argument to say Maradona could have gone to the 78 World Cup and been in that squad, maybe won two. But, I mean, who's to say that Messi won't play in the next World Cup? Do you know what I mean? You, you never know. Same what things have happened. Like, you, you never know. He might well be that super sub. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's to me. Like, I just love that story so much. and love that team that played. Um, and, yeah, he's he's my guy for the sub. I agree with what yeah. he said about that World Cup. And I think the, the telling part of Messi and his trajectory from little kid at, at Barcelona's youth team that got pumped full of growth hormones and then to yeah. World Cup champion, like, and in the knockout stages, scored in every round, man of the match in every round. I mean, mm -hmm. how do you, you can't, I mean, realistically, Mbappe should have been the man of the match in the World Cup final, but. Yeah, someone that'll be in team, don't you? I also, I also um, think some some of the other games that uh, Lionel Messi got man of the match, he didn't actually play. He wasn't the best player on the pitch, um, but, but I think they you know, were just still, like the record still states. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did some insane things though at his age as well. Like, did he get subbed in any game? I'm trying to think. I don't think he got in my head. I don't think he did. For the last group game or something, or. You know, because they lost that first one, obviously. So, like, the story that how they get beat by Saudi Arabia. Do you know what I mean? Just, yeah. Oh, it's unreal. Like, I, I love that World Cup. I thought it was brilliant. Best World Cup yeah. in years. Like, you know, yeah, I, I completely been, agree. 
Yeah, yeah. reminded me of it. You know when you just like used to love it as a kid and you remember every single minute of it. Just yeah, unbelievable. So yeah, I'd really. pick him. Yeah, yeah, great. I think his best moment in that World Cup, apart from, apart from winning it, of course, was a Croatia game where he's up against Josko Gvardiol, arguably mm. the defender of the tournament. Yeah, up and coming, pacey, can play left back, play centre back, and he just Big torches him. Yeah. yeah, torches him. Just makes him question his whole life decision. He's like, you know what? I might quit playing football now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this guy's old enough to be my dad, and he's running rings around me. What's going on? <laughs> just incredible, incredible player, incredible World Cup. I completely agree. Loved yeah. It. Well, speaking of incredible things, this team is very special. Apart from James McFadden. <laughs> or Christian <laughs> Daly, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're going to take a quick break there and to get ready for the next few picks. Uh, join us again. Okay, Craig. Incredible team needs an incredible manager. We've already established it's not you. So, <laughs> who is managing this team? Well, it's another ginger Scottish man. It's uh, Gordon Strachan. <laughs> so, I've picked Strachan. So, like, I'm a Celtic fan, right? Uh, and I think probably Celtic fans are quite mixed on his time at Celtic. Like, I really liked him. Um, and it was a, a a time where I really sort of got into being a Celtic fan, really. Um, I think it's the first year I went to uni, 2005. So, like, he, he became our manager. And he shipped out a load of players and had to build a squad again. It's one of those like total rebuilds. And I just loved his sense of humor. Do you know what I mean? It just, he was, I just found him hilarious all the time. And also like, he's somebody that again, doesn't take any shit. Like if he doesn't like something, he just says it in a, in a wittier way than fuck off. But effectively what he's telling you with more intelligent words than that is it get to fuck. You know what I mean? I don't care what you're asking me kind of thing. <laughs> if he's not interested, he'll be cantankerous, you know? And then some days where the journalist doesn't deserve it, he'll be mean anyway. <laughs> I liked him as Scotland manager as well. I thought he did quite well. I think maybe the only thing that maybe tarnished him was come out with this weird thing that said we didn't breed big enough players, uh, which is a bit of an odd thing. Um, I always thought he had a bit of a preference for smaller players anyway, to be honest, based on his own experience and being a shorter guy too. But yeah, like, you know, whenever you see him as a pundit or interviewed somewhere, I, I don't think he pundits too much anymore, does he? He might be a bit old for it now, probably just wants to retire, but um, yeah, like great bloke. I really liked him at Celtic and at Scotland. So he's there for the hilarious factor alone, to be honest. <laughs> no, there's going to be a bit of a, there's going to be a bit of a, uh, an issue here between the play, one of your players um, and the manager, because Gordon Strachan was very synonymous with clean living, healthy lifestyle. Yeah. No drugs, no alcohol. I don't know who you're on about, mate. It's, uh, it's Christian Daly. He's, he's left. <laughs> he was a fiend for it. Famously a fiend for it. Yeah. His clubs in yeah. Dundee. He had to leave. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I think oh, I was reading it now, and, and Gary Caldwell. It says attributed his success, limited success, to the management of of Gordon Strachan, and it changed his whole lifestyle. And stopped well, him from sort of boozing and doing whatever. He then changed his lifestyle, diet and whatever, and, and had a longer career because of it. So I think that's quite telling of, of Gordon Strachan that say, Gary, don't drink or you're out. Yeah, well, Gary Caldwell scored a goal against France, who at the time were the recent World Cup finalists, I think 2007 at Hamden. I was there. So I'd call that success, my friend. Don't yeah, do Gary yeah, Caldwell down. Yeah. 
Yeah. You what? I apologize. I take it all back. <laughs> to the Caldwell family. <laughs> Stephen and Gary. <laughs> he uh, famously didn't get on very well with uh, Alex Ferguson as well, I recall. He, yeah. He had, uh, a lot of best steps back in the day. Yeah. Was there not there was there not only be one he... supreme Scotland manager? Yeah. Did he, did he not did he not bin him off at something like he binned or they fell out at Aberdeen and Strachan got a move to United and then Ferguson turned up at United, I think, a couple of seasons later. <laughs> I think that's true. Him off straight away. Yeah, I think something like that. He chucked him away at Leeds or Coventry, I can't remember Leeds, I think. Uh, Leeds he went after United. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All clubs sent it to as well, United's Bitter rival, yeah, that time yeah. as well. We won the league at Leeds, didn't he? I think he didn't go to Leeds older, and I gather he helped a lot of players again, like sort of change the culture there as well. And he's, I remember reading his book, and like the only training he used to do was like running. He just used to love running, and like went on loads about, yeah, I just love going on a ten k cross country. Just, just love it. <laughs> Clears my head. It's the best training. And he, excuse me, you know, he played really late, didn't he? Played into his forties, I think. So, well, yeah, yeah. Gordon Strachan is the only person who actually enjoys a run. There you go. Yeah, well, do you know what? I tried one. I I used to be a runner, right? I used to quite enjoy it. I'm 36 now. I tried one Christmas Day and nearly killed me. So, I don't know how he did it into his forties. Fair play to him. I gave up at 21. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a lie because I actually gave up at 16. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe I, if I had been managed by Gordon Strachan, maybe things would have been different. He'd have turned it round. Me and Gary Caldwell would have been playing together for years. Exactly. He'd have kept you out those clubs in Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, Gordon Strachan, great choice, great manager. So we're going to need the stadium to play in. Where are we playing? Okay. Um, so I had to think about this one because I... I I've I've been away a lot with Scotland, so I've seen a lot of really good places. I've been to Dortmund, um, I've been to uh, Amsterdam, um, I've been to the uh, one in Brussels as well. Like, I've seen a lot of good grounds and a lot of like club grounds as well. Like you know, Hertha Berlin is absolutely amazing. Uh, been to quite a few, right? Lucky enough, but like I said earlier, like going to the Bombonera is just unbelievable. Like, and I think when we were there, it was a uh, it was an international break. So unfortunately, we couldn't go to a game, which is a bit of a shame. We should have sort of looked that up before we booked the flights, to be honest. But what can you do? Like just, but just being there, honestly, it's just incredible. Like it feels like something that you, you've seen so much and read so much about, and then just to be stood there, like you get to go and stand where they're they're called La Dolce, the number twelve, the where their ultra stand, and there's a big number twelve on the back of the wall kind of thing, and a big huge wire fence in front of the goal. You get to just go there, and like this is where these mental blokes go every other week, kind of like climbing up these fences and screaming and letting off flares and ticker tape and all that kind of stuff. Like for me, like that place is really magical. So yeah, that'd be my choice, really. Amazing, amazing choice. What about you? Have you been away much with Wales? Uh, no, can't say I have to be honest. I, I know a few lads that do go to every single game and they've been to some out- outrageous places because obviously when you follow a, a smaller nation, like you know, yeah. you end up going to some mad places. Um, they went to Tallinn recently to the state wow. of Estonia away and that was quite intense apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I th- to be honest, no, I've never been to a Wales away game. Uh, that is a shameful thing to say. I would love to go, but no. The thing with Wales, for, for where me and George are based in North Wales, a home right. game feels like an away game because God is yeah. so far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so inaccessible for us. It's it's quicker for us to probably fly to Paris than it is to 
drive down to Cardiff, which is insane. Yeah, it was the same for me going to Scotland games. Yeah, it's an expensive business. Um, but yeah, just uh, it's a tough call. San Siro as well. I, was close. I did a, yeah, talked to you before about the Scotland game there. It, it's a tough one, but yeah, definitely La Bombonera, I think. I mean, I argue that you, you wouldn't want to argue it. it's a fantastic stadium, iconic. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. So your podcast is Football Kit Memories. So mm. I'm expecting something good. All right. At least three. Right. Or at I, least three. I, <laughs> I think this is a bit rogue, to be honest, but it's, it's you know, it's personal choice kind of thing. So yeah. I I would love to choose Boca. I'd say if I was to pick out a favourite kind of shirt design, it'd be Boca, but I've already used that for the stadium, so I don't want to double up right. So it's a bit of a rogue choice. I'm a really big fan of Motherwell shirts, like the colours and the way they look. Um, and Bradford as well, like similar colours, obviously. Um, but I've picked out like your classic kind of Motherwell. So like kind of amber shirt with a claret hoop. And the claret hoop is usually kind of, has two kind of white thinner lines around it to kind of make it stand out a bit more. And a white collar, I just think it looks really smart. Really, really good. So I've got a few of them. Weirdly, I've got, I think I've got three Motherwell shirts, strangely. Uh but it's yeah, strangely like, for a Celtic fan. Yeah, I've got a few. I've got, I mean, I've got Dundee United, I've got Hibs, I've got, I've got a few. I mean, obviously, I'm a bit of a collector or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have a Hearts one, I wouldn't have a Rangers one. Just couldn't bring myself to do that. Draw a line somewhere. Yeah, got draw a line somewhere indeed. But yeah, I mean, for me, I just think it's really smart, really nice. So, for me, it's a design thing, right? So, that's what I'll go for. It's sort of like very similar colours to Roma, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Like inverted, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other way around, so inverted a bit. Yeah. Do you remember that Roman one years ago? I think it was an Ita- a European shirt, a Kappa one, where it was half amber and half claret. Yeah, like a Blackburn Ooh, shirt, yes. like navy trim underneath. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good yes. one. That's Francesco Totti. I mean, like I've done the squad there and I've got Totti in it. That's a bit of a shame. Or Cassano, with this Cassano as well. Oh. This is the problem it, with this podcast. Two, two things. You always, as you finish these picks, you always think, oh, God, I could have picked all yeah. these players and you get it in your head. And then the other thing for me, whenever someone mentions a really nice kit, my brain instantly goes, right, so just write that down after this. I'm going to go straight <laughs> on the classic football shirts and go yeah, yeah, <laughs> spend yeah. more money I yeah, don't have. Yeah. Well, you, you do well to get a Motherwell one, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, they're, they're very good. They're worth a look. They are nice. I'm, I'm just looking through them all. Hmm. They've got this weird kind of Ajax thing going on this year, so it's slightly different, but I think it's like a an amber kind of wide stripe down the middle and then kind of claret sleeves and body. It so, looks more like a claret kit than the amber this time. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't quite got it right this year for me, but yeah, there's a couple that have been brilliant. Love it. Love it. Wow. Right, well, there's all your picks. So we'll go back through one more time, just in case you do want to make any last-minute substitutions. <laughs> <laughs> it has happened. Um, so we'll go through these one more time, and then the last thing we'll need from you is the name. So you went for a four-three-three formation mm-hmm. in goal, Gigi Buffon, and in defence, mm-hmm. Christian Daly, Paolo Maldini, <laughs> Giorgio Chiellini, and Kieran Tierney. Yep, <laughs> starting it with Christian Daly is so funny. Very well balanced. Very well balanced. <laughs> yep, no <clears> problem. <throat> Moving on to the midfield, we have Juan Roman Riquelme, mm. we have Billy Gilmore, and then Gennaro Gattuso. Mm-hmm. And the front three, in descending order, <laughs> James McFadden, Henrik Larsson, and Diego Maradona. 
if I've got Daly and I've got McFadden on the right there, there's a real kind of weak spot on the right-hand side there, isn't there? If somebody's got a tricky left winger, we're in a lot of trouble with this team. <laughs> so stick, stick Gennaro on the right-hand side of midfield. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then your super sub, uh, probably the worst one we've had, uh, Lionel Messi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the manager of this team is Gordon Strachan. The stadium is La Bombonera. And the kit is the classic Motherwell kit. What a lovely little team. Now, all we need yeah. from you is the team name. Come on, chaps. It's all about self-promotion. It's Football Kit Memories FC. Nice. Nice. That. Well, that leads us in nicely to a bit of self-promotion. So before we let you go, and again, just want to say a massive thank you for joining us. And before you plug yourself, I'll plug you. If you're a fan of this podcast and you like listening to nostalgic football things and you want to hear more about people talking about their favourite kits, which everybody does, because who doesn't love kits? Everyone loves kits. So you need to go listen to Craig's podcast. And now, Craig, you sell it. Thanks, lads. And I really enjoyed that. It was really, really good fun. Uh, and yeah, there's over like 60 episodes of Football Kit Memories that's out there on all, all good platforms and all the rubbish ones too that people seem to like. It's on YouTube as well, if you want to have a little listen on there. Apparently the kids do that. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll get some more episodes out this year. That's the plan. Right, cool. Like I said, it is fantastic. Go find it. Go listen to it. You will thoroughly enjoy it. Craig, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed it, lads. Thanks so much for inviting me on. Well, guys, what there we are. Another fantastic guest in the bag. It's always great to have fellow content creators, especially ones that talk about nostalgic football, because that's our whole bag. <laughs> so uh, if you want to go and check out Craig's content, definitely do. Like you said, you can find it anywhere you listen to your podcast. But also, you should check him out on social media. He's got Instagram, Twitter, um, at, at football <laughs> let's say shameless plug for ourselves <laughs> at football kit memories go check him out absolutely go for give him a follow and stay peeled for all his latest episodes because he's got some crackers already recorded i'm sure and some great ones to come out so uh before we let you go thanks again for listening um make sure to follow us on socials as well yeah, we are at Nostalgia FC Pod on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook, anything you need. If you do want to send us an email at any point, we are nostalgiafcpod at gmail.com. If you've got any ideas, if you want to get on the pod, if you have any uh, whatever. <laughs> any more ideas? Then, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, make sure to join us again next week where we'll have another very special guest. Again, we just want to say a massive shout out to Craig for joining us. That was Craig McFarlane from the Football Kit Memories podcast, delivering Football Kit Memories FC, and what a team it was. And what a team it was. <laughs>